Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Awesome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for joining us. Um, Josh is out of town. The senior pastor here is out of town today. Um, so you get me. My name is Lindsay. You're welcome. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, I said to God last night, I was like, whoever's supposed to be there, just let them be there. And then on the way um, to church this morning, Honor was like, um, nobody's going to come to church today. I was like, well, whoever's supposed to be there is going to be there. Okay. So shut up. <laughs> All right. Hey, they, kids know how to like make you feel good on the inside. Don't they? They're like your reality. You're like, sorry, mom, nobody's going to be there. I was like, it's fine. There's five of us. It was all meant for all five of them. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. Um, Josh last night, uh, I love him so much and I do take all his <laughs> love of my life. And, uh, he sent me like all of these notes and I was like, those are super great. Really, I thought that's going to be a great message that I'm not going to do. <laughs> and he was like, well, I just, just in case. <laughs> I was like, okay, I was just making sure. I was like, I just want you to know, I'm way past that at this point, son. Like, way, like, we're, I've already got something in my heart, in my mind, and what I felt like the Lord has been talking to me about. I, um, I am a storyteller by nature. Um, I am a person that's uh, the creative element inside of me is going to be a story, uh, teller by nature. I love to pick apart, um, certain aspects of the Bible. It helps me read it better. Um, if you just said, Hey, Lindsay, go put on the audio Bible. I am going to be spaced out in about one paragraph in. I'm like, what happened? Hold on. Replay. <laughs> Let's replay that again. So I just take sections and chunks and allow the Lord to talk to me. This actual chunk that I'm going to talk about today, I've actually been thinking about for a very long time. Um, it's something that I've just processed through in my own life. I feel like I'm continually processing now. I don't, I don't know if any, nobody else. Okay, just me. I'm on a continual process. Like you feel like you get to one place in life and then God's like, just kidding. Here's more. You're like, I always, I, if some of you know me personally, I just always pray, God, please send it in book form. Like, let me learn in book form. He's like, no, life. I'm like, no, book. <laughs> book, audio book, like something less stressful. And he's like, okay. No, I'm not saying he does it all the time, but it's just what I feel like is life. So today we're just going to talk and have a good time, all right? I promise if you don't uh, like anything I'm saying, come back next week. It'll be different, okay? It'll be different, and you'll be good. Both are great, okay? So if you're like, oh, I don't really prefer what, just come back next week. Give it one more try. Totally different. It's going to be great. Um, so anyways, this morning, I want to talk a little bit um, about some things, but I was kind of, somebody made a comment to me a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, man, that's actually true. Um, they were talking about expectations, and expectations can bring a variety of different uh, feelings to a situation. Um, or it can expectations can keep you current in your current place uh, longer than you expected. Um, it can bring frustration, right? When someone says they're going to be on time and then they're late. 
And it, it, who is on time? Who is the on time person? Ooh, she slammed her hand up. She's like, it's me. <laughs> and who is the late people in the room? Don't be ashamed. It's okay. You are loved by God. It is okay. He loves you. He sees you. All of those things. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you know, expectations can bring relief when you're expecting someone to come over and they text you and say, hey, I'm on the way, on time. Okay, great. Expectations can bring disappointment. You know, when you thought your life would have been different by now, but it's still the same, right? There's a, a guy named Albert Ellis that said, our expectations are premeditated disappointments. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Everybody in the room said, ooh. <laughs> he says, our mind can see a future disappointment and it pushes to seek greater control to avert it. Meaning like sometimes our expectations can bring on anxiety and shame, and disappointment, and loss, or threat, all because of something premeditated that hasn't even happened yet. So let's talk about a miracle that happened in the New Testament. The location was set in Jerusalem. It was around the time. There's three feasts that happened during the year. Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. The story that we'll be talking about today is set during the Feast of Tabernacles or what they assume would be that time. And of course, Jesus was, during, it was in Jerusalem, and they were at a place that they called the Sheep's Gate or near the Sheep's Gate. It was a pool which lied that called, was called Bethesda, and it was surrounded by these colonnades, which um, if you don't know what a colonnade is, like a portico, these big poles, not poles, but not back then, they were like things things okay they had arches everywhere when we went to Israel but a great number of disabled people used to lie there um, the blind the lame the the paralyzed the sheep's gate was a reference which I didn't know this I went I had the opportunity in 2019 to go to Israel it was one of the best experiences of my life so far um, just because I was seeing things I had read about in a way that just made it way more realistic for me. I don't, I'm a visual person. Like I said, I'm creative. So that visuality of like, wow, that's where that dude's at. Like, it was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, you went through. But there's a shepherd's gate, which was an entry gate where the shepherd would come in. It's called the sheep's gate. And there was two pools in the pool of Bethesda that had a separation between it. And one was where they would... A lot of pools were for ritual baths at that time. Um, that's a big Jewish tradition. And one would be for the sheep to wash, wash off, and then the other one would be for ritual baths. I didn't, they must have been the cleanest people I've ever met in my life because there was baths everywhere in Israel. Like, there was like, and here's a bath. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, and then there's a bath. Like, they just had them everywhere. So in context, though, this wasn't just another miraculous healing. Right, this is in John 5, which we'll read from in just a minute. But in John 4, Jesus had met the woman at the well, right? So this wasn't just a miraculous healing, another one. Jesus had walked into another pagan territory and was con confronted with a long-standing cultural myth, right? He wanted his Jewish audience to gain a new understanding. 
as in his meeting the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus was making a claim back at the, uh, in chapter four that he was the source of living water. So let's turn to John five, verse number one. We're gonna read together out of the English Standard Version. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now then, there is in Jerusalem the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which had five roof colonnades and in these laid a multitude of invalids, blind, lamed, paralyzed. One man was there whom had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew he had, re he had already been there a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be healed? I think it's interesting that they make a observation that Jesus noticed that he had been there a long time. That probably means he looked a little rough, right? Like he, it wasn't like he just found a spot today and was like, hey, you look new around here. Like he looked like he had like a whole setup, you know, probably. I'm just assuming in my whole mind to help me narrate the story for myself. But I would imagine that he had been there a long time. And then I think Jesus did the most unpastoral thing he could have done. He walked up and said, do you want to be healed? Like, you know, most pastoral people, can I pray for you so you can be healed? And Jesus, but Jesus didn't do that. He asked him a question. Do you want to be healed? I just thought it was interesting. We're going to keep going. The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I am going another steps down before me. You could underline that and say, that's a good excuse. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews, this gets complicated. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to take up your bed. It's amazing how religious people get when they get upset about the time frame of like, nope, can't happen today. You need to come back tomorrow. Got to come back tomorrow. Can't be healed today. We're supposed to be resting. Okay? Not allowed to touch nothing. Okay? Sorry. Sorry, dude. You've been here for 38 years. You can list one more day. I'm going to come back tomorrow. That's what it meant. I don't know. That's how I read the Bible. And they, I don't even know where I'm at now. <laughs> ah, said, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is this man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it is Jesus who healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered him, my father is working until now and I am working. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your presence and your guidance on us as we just talk through a section of your word. And I pray for every person in the building that we have ears to hear and hearts that are open to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. If I had to title this message, I would say some things are factual, but not everything is true. Some things are factual, but doesn't make them true. 
This was a location where invalids were, would hang out. It stated that there was a multitude of them. Um, they would come to seek healing because they believed that that pool was where their healing lied. It's a very busy place. If you ever go or even look up maps, it would be considered, it was like right near um, where the Holy of Holies were. So it's very close to that environment. It's a very uh, city type of area, um, would have been very busy, um, lots of people in and out. Um, in the early days, the Greeks um, attributed healing powers to the natural springs, to the spirits. They would say that uh, a spirit, or they would say it was legend that an angel would flap its wings and the waters would begin to stir. And if you were there just at the right timing, that was your time for your healing of miracles. So when the bubbles and the ripples were made there, then you from the spring pool, the first one in the pool would be healed. It was like Thanksgiving Black Friday, so with TVs. Whoever gets there first gets the miracle. So they would wait. This didn't happen all the time. It's not like somebody came to the pool and prayed over the pool and the pool would kind of go. It was all of a sudden, they say a legend that the, it wasn't wind. It, you know, if it was in Oklahoma, the pools would be rippling all the time. <laughs> the angels are constantly flapping its wings around here. But back then, that didn't happen that often. And so it would come where in that, the wind, the wind, the bubbles and the ripples, they say it would come from underneath would happen. That's the best time for you to get a healing. I don't know what it was like with all the people trying to get in that pool, but I could imagine as soon as the bubbles started to come, everybody was shooting for the pool, right? So it was that kind of time. So the first one in there would be healed. Now, this man was crippled and lame. He was hurting, I would imagine. Um, he was undoubtedly uh, unable to move, right? So I got, I stole this from the nursery. I'm sorry. Your babies are okay, I promise. I went back there and sang to them. <laughs> there was, one of them was back there crying. I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And he's just like staring at me. And I was like, I don't know, it worked. He stopped crying. And I stole the mat. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do. This is called pastoring a church, okay? Y'all think it's like all kinds of things. It is not sneakers and speakers or whatever they're called. It's called play with the babies before you go on stage. Here we go. Here we go. So I can imagine this mat right here. By, it's not this one. It's probably, I forgot my yoga mat, but this one works. 38 years trying to get to the pool. Now, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this. Maybe... <laughs> maybe he was this far away from the pool right <laughs> okay I'll give him a couple of feet but I am really persistent right so in my nature of being super persistent which I would imagine all of us to be in 38 years you're telling me you couldn't move an inch because if you moved an inch a year <laughs> You, that's over three feet. You could have made it probably to that pool. Or if they brought you and saved you, beside, can you just move me a little closer? Like just a little, every day, like, like just a little closer. Like I'm just imagining 38 years, just like this. I'm away for somebody to come help me get off my issue. I'm, I can't wiggle 
I can't move because I got an issue. I got an issue, right? No, I can't. No, that don't work. I got to wait till somebody comes and helps me with my issue, (laughs) right? So now they're saying in this moment, for 38 years, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. It wouldn't be. I had to wait. And he even said to the father, the only way I get past this, if someone would come help me get in. That's never Jesus' intention. He's never going to do that in that way. He had an expectation that if someone would just come help me, I would get off this issue. Or, oh man, I can't do that. I have this issue. Or I have this label. I have what everybody thinks I am. They don't understand. I've been through this for a very long time. I don't know, but I could imagine over time laying there for that. I'm 38 this year, about to be 39. That over time, I would forget my name and just settle on my issue. And almost settle on the label of whatever I believed or someone else believed of me. Uh, Many of us are sitting in churches across the world today, no longer know our names. They just know their issue or their label or what they've been told. Josh and I were talking about this the other night, and I... Uh, I was trying to figure out a lot of stuff in life and me and Kaylee laugh about this a lot, but I was known to be, which I was a little rough around the edges, but I think I was trying to prove something that I already was, like I already was his daughter, but I was trying to prove my worth in it. And I would try to lead from a hierarchy place that made me feel better because I didn't feel like a leader. Instead of walking out what I believed I was, I had to try to prove who I was. And in the process, a lot of people got hurt. But for a long time, the story carried with me, oh, Lindsay's like real, real, like a lot, you know, she's real mean or she'll just tell it like it is or she's this or she's that. And I, we've, we, about five years ago, um, I just started to shift my own life. And I remember we talking about it. I was like, I will be that until the story dies, until I outlive and prove that I'm not, that I'm not that way, but I don't have that story attached to me anymore of who I am. Because that probably in nature, I'm probably very calm and just, I like to have fun. Unless you put me in a corner, then the bear comes out. But other than that, or mess with my children, we're going to go to toe-to-toe. But other than that, usually I'm pretty, like, unless I feel like I'm getting attacked, which is normal. But I felt like the Lord told me, I'm going to come to clear up some narratives of what people think they are today. 
I don't think that's everybody in the room, but I do think it's someone. I think it's someone that believes a story that you've been told about yourself that you're not really. It took me a while. It's still taking me a while. I'm still in the process of walking out a journey of a story, of a narrative of what other people have said about me and then what he says about me. What does he say about me? Not what other people say about me. What is it in my life? Sure, when I was 18 or 19 years old, got really into, probably more like 16, got into a lot of alcohol, a lot of partying, a lot of trying to figure out who I was, but nobody asked why. They just, oh, Lindsay was the partier. Lindsay was this. Lindsay was that. And you have to remember there's going to be times that you walk through seasons, but that's not who I am. It's not the narrative of who he's called me to be. And I know we've been talking a lot about identity over the past couple of weeks. And there's something about not settling on a mat of a label or an issue so long that you're just waiting for someone to come help you. If you are, I'm going to call people that Kaylee maybe volunteered, told you to come help me. Hey, if you were one of those seven, the seven, the lucky seven. I didn't mean to do seven. Yes. Put a couple over here and a couple over there. Thank you. Thank you. Round of applause. No. There's a lot of us that get put <clears throat> labels on us. Right? They get told we are, sorry, this is not working out very well. Certain things that we're angry all the time. Never happy, never satisfied. All the things. Or maybe you got a label divorced. Can't do nothing else. Never probably will have another successful marriage. All of that. Maybe some of us have been called doubtful. Just can't ever get past that. Some of us have maybe been called fearful. Just scared of everything. Can't live life. Some of us have maybe even been named unlovable. Can't love them. Can't love them. Super, super unlovable. I think we got too many people up here. <laughs> some, some of us have been called weak. Just weak. Can't handle it. Can't walk through it. Is that my alarm? Telling me to stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just joking. Some of us maybe have been called immoral, nasty, dirty. You can fill in the blank. There's lots of other, what I call like the top three sins everybody wants to talk about. You know, sex, drugs, and alcohol. It's like that's the only sin we got. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's it. It's, ah, you know, like rock on. 
So some of that might be yours. Alcoholic, druggy. Can't put them in a sinny situation. You know how they are. They might slip up. They might do this. You never want to mess with them. They're a liar. Can't tell them nothing. They over-exaggerate everything. And then you start to begin to wear the things that people call you. So you operate outside of that issue. You begin to think and talk and walk and navigate and do everything outside of, I'm just angry. So forget all y'all, I'm just going to be angry. And the people that want to be my friends are just going to be my friends. And I'm just going to sit here and do it. You know, if you deal with anger, you know. <laughs> you know what that's like. Or you have a trigger moment. And I, me and Josh, when we get into blessed conversations, <laughs> I tell him the one thing I hate to, and so we go back and forth discussing something very strongly, don't say always. Never use, you always do that. Because then I feel like I can never have a step forward. So for somebody like me that had a label of anger, it's really hard for me to hear, well, you always do this. What? Not really. I didn't yesterday. <laughs> so stop saying that. I worked hard. There was a lot of times I didn't say nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you should be happy. <laughs> all right. Life is hard. And I've been struggling to tell you all the things. We even had a moment. I'm going to tell you a little bit. I'm kind of an open book for the most part. I was like, can I get an hour a week where I can just tell you all the things I'm frustrated about? Like five to six on Sunday. Like we just sit down and say all the things I'm frustrated about. He's like, we can do that. It has to be an hour. I was like, good. I'm good with an hour. But if not, it rolls over into every situation. Like dishes or something. I'm really mad about, I don't know, the drum cage doing something. And I was just like, you, and he's just like, what are you really mad about? The drum cage. If you just get that light fixed. <laughs> he's like, so we going to work out that one hour. <laughs> he's like, okay, let's pencil it in on the calendar. Five to six Sunday. Complaining time. Gotcha. Thank you. I'm sorry. I really am a good person. But all of these things. So when you live life and say someone else comes into your life, but you've been divorced, you're going to try and think from the mentality, it's never going to work. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm always, they always tell me I'm doubting everything. They always tell me I'm scared to death. I live in fear. I can't make that decision. I can't make that business decision because I'm unable to. I'm not going to do this. I'm someone that can't be loved. My mom told me that. My dad told me that. Maybe people I've dated before have said that. I don't know how anyone loves you. We laugh about this now, but it really upset me when I was <clears throat> sitting in the hospital. My grandfather was dying and all of my family was away. So it was like me and him. And I was just like, please hold on. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Wait until my dad gets here. <laughs> like, you know, and I remember my grandmother sitting there. Now, I love her to death. Like, you know, but she had stuff to say that day. And I really do think she believed it. 
But I remember walking in there and sitting down. I said nothing to her. And she said, I have no idea why Josh would want to marry someone like you. I said, me either. I don't know. He's the one I asked. <laughs> I don't know. But at the time, I mean, I laughed it off and did the whole Lindsay thing like, ah, you're funny. <laughs> I'm so funny. But I walked away into years of my marriage asking Josh, why do you want to marry me? Why did you marry me? If I'm so bad, why'd you marry? You know, you carry, I carried from this place because I was told I was unlovable. Sorry, unlovable. <laughs> or weak. Can't handle any situation. They're just too weak. They can't do it. Or maybe you've lived a life that's not as pure as someone else. So you get labeled a certain thing. Maybe you've had multiple partners and they're like, mm, you know, stinks for you. And we begin to focus our life on what is said. But what if I'm actually the person that I don't think I am? Meaning, what if I'm actually content, but I've lived a life that I was angry. What if I actually am complete when everybody else says I'm incomplete? But what if I actually am confident, but I've been living a life that I'm doubting, I'm doubtful. I need some more tape, I don't know where it went. What if I actually am brave and can make really, really strong decisions? What if I actually am loved and operate from that place? What if I actually am strong and not what everybody else says. What if I actually am pure and whole, even when? What if I start thinking, or what if I start acting actually like the person I don't think I am? What if I do have the confidence? What if I really am that person? What if I am love and kind? The narrative you've been telling yourself, your life is always wrong. Because what God's been saying, nope, you're not that. Nope, not that either. I created you differently than that. But you waste your whole life believing a different narrative that God wants to flip the script of what's being said. There's a lot of people in the Bible who didn't know their name. We just knew their issue. What they were known by. Luke 8, the woman with the issue of blood. We didn't know her name. We knew her issue. John 4, woman at the well. We didn't know her name. We knew her issue. John 8, a woman in adultery. We didn't know her name. We knew her issue. John 9, a man born blind. We didn't know his name. We knew his issue. We knew the issue. But he says, I know your name. 
I know what you were born to do. You're a son and a daughter. His beloved. You're my best decision. You're my best creation. You're beautiful beyond description. That goes cross genderly. You're whole and divine. You're complete. You need nothing else to you. Not a thing else to you. You don't need to go to nothing else for me to be satisfied with exactly who you are. What if we started living from that perspective? Instead of living on the perspective of, I just, I just have this issue. Just have this issue. I know I love Lord with all my heart. I love him. But you know, like I had sex before marriage. Like can't come from that. You know, they say like, you know, they get up on stage and say, you're going to carry that the rest of your life. You know, they scare teenagers to death. (laughs) You'll never be the same, you know? Do I think, sure, do you create certain things when you do open doors to certain things? Yes, but I think you're whole inside of who he is. So I don't have to carry this mat. Or, yeah, I was an alcoholic. That doesn't mean it's who I am. I'm a daughter. I'm loved. I'm whole. And I'm complete. See, God will be a lot of things to you. He'll be a friend. He'll be a father, but what he'll never do is he'll never tailor down a destiny to the person to what they think they are. He will not sit there and say, oh, well, I just think I'm this way. He'll never say, no, 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 I'm going to just, I'll tailor that down to fit you to what you think you are. He said, no, I'm going to require you to grow to a place that you grow into what I have tailor made for you. And it's all in our process of our mind. This right here gets me into a lot of trouble. I can think myself happy and sad in a matter of moments. <laughs> like, it's amazing. I don't know. Not everybody does that. For, but for me, I can just sit there and I'm like, I can, I can talk. I can come up with tears in a couple of minutes thinking about something. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, why am I so mad? Like, it's just like, get do something else Like besides that. This right here. But he's never going to tailor down a destiny to something only to what you think you are. Because if so, he'll tailor down something to what you think you're weak. Can't handle that. I'm too weak. Or, hey, I've lived this life and this story of unloved. That's who I am. Or I'm going to be only this particular thing. Thank you, guys. You guys can take those with you. I'll get them later. (laughs) Yeah. If I saw, oversaw the tailoring of my own life of what I thought about myself, it would be scary. It would be really scary. I was sitting there, uh, I said this uh, when we had Flourish at the women's thing, so if you've heard it, just, you know, clap at the end, say it's great. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, probably, I guess, more than a month ago now, Honor's really into playing video games right now. Pray for me because I'm going to kill him. Um, I'm not going to kill him. No, just kidding. Scratch that. Uh, he's just going to give me a run for my money. And so anyways, he was in there, and he's uh, very confident about his video gaming skills, which is 
very funny to me. So he got headphones. He took all of his birthday money and bought headphones. Worst decision me and Josh made, but it's fine. We learned. Okay, so he has these headphones, and he, like, yells and screams. He's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, you're trash. You know, like, just, like, go over the top. And I'm just like, wow. You know, I'm like, hey, don't yell at your friends. Like, you shouldn't do that, you know. And so he was in there uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was just going to town, like, over the top, like, yeah, I'm awesome, look at that. Yeah, like he's just saying all these like great things about himself, right? And he was just like all kind of giving the other people on the video. It's really funny to watch him, I need to record it. But he's just talking himself up like, yeah, I'm the best, what, da, 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 you know, and he gets this whole little moving thing going. I'm like, whatever, you know, and I remember being in the kitchen and I began to get uncomfortable. And in my uncomfortableness, I thought, I'm going to go. He's embarrassing himself. I need to go stop him. Like, he is. Nobody, everybody's going to just, I need to go stop him. So I, my house is not very big, okay? So when I say hallway, I mean more like a small shift around a corner. So I go to walk around to his room from the thing. The Lord stopped me in my tracks, like two feet in. And he said, don't go try to change, try to correct him of something you're trying to unlearn as an adult. Don't try to go in there or trying to relearn as an adult. Don't go in there trying to project something onto him, what you're trying to change as an adult. So what I could have done is walked in there and said, hey, hey, dude, you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, like you're embarrassing yourself. Like you look weird. Stop doing that. But also I could have gone, when I went and did that, I could have gave honor and impression that saying things or even his own identity of who he was would have attached itself of what I thought of what he was doing. So my projection of whatever he was doing, and I'm sitting here in therapy trying to, how do I be I don't know. I think all these things about myself. I'm paying weekly bills every week for somebody to tell me something. And I'm sitting here like, and God's like, no, you are trying to unlearn something as an adult. Don't try to go and project it onto him. Talk to him about something different. I could have sent honor into a direction. I'm not saying I would have. Now, you know, I need to correct him and be like, hey, dude, like, let's not do that all the time. Like, it's not nice. You know, don't down other people and make yourself feel better. You know, those kind of things. But I don't want to create something in my son that he feels embarrassed by boasting in his win. Because I don't know how to take a win. So us as adults try to parent from a different perspective, but we can only parent from where we've been. And if we're not conscious about what we're doing, we will begin to project onto them something that they don't even hold. So if I say I want confident kids and I really want them to be confident in who they are, I tell Honor all the time, like, dude, you can be crazy for Jesus right now. You don't have to wait till your mom and dad's age. You can do that right now. That might like look different from him, for him. But I have learned in 38 years some things 
that I don't want, I want to help him get further, start in a different way than when I started. So let's not live out of just our own thoughts, our own issues, our own labels, but of who we are and what we're doing and what God's called us to be. What am I doing? What am I projecting? What am I saying? How am I living that out? When I go to my job, am I living in, or am I walking out in the authority that God's called me to be and who I am? Sometimes I walk into work and I'm like, I am a, at what? I don't know. Like, and I just walk around and be nice. <laughs> like, hey, how are you? It's good. <laughs> you know, because I'm just thinking I'm a fish out of water. But if I always operate like a fish out of water, then I don't, I'm not able to lead from a great place. So I almost have to mentally tell myself, like, here you go, Lindsay. You can do this. You were hired for it. They see something in you. You got this. Go in there. Make a difference. Oh, let's get out of the car. Let's go. Like pep talk, pep talk. Here we go. Here we go. Because if I walk in there and feel invalued or insignificant, it'll eat me alive. But that's not, I'm not insignificant. I'm not an invalid. I'm not those things. See, Jesus was mistaken by the man as his helper to get him in the pool that day. But really, he was his reminder. He was never going to be his helper that day. He was going to be his reminder. To change what he always thought about himself would have been painful. He had to embrace the pain to change his position. He said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk on. For a person that has been laying down for 38 years, do you think that would have been easy? I sit down for like three hours in a movie and my legs are numb. And you're like, ugh, 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 ugh. I never had that, okay. Like, or if you're, I always put my leg underneath and then when it comes out, you're like, can't feel it, can't feel it, can't feel it, right? So to embrace that would have been to embrace pain. Would have been embrace, to embrace a different position of something. It requires movement from us. It requires the moment. I know I've been just had surgery, various things. It's going to require therapy to get back to the place that he once was. That's not going to be easy. He's not going to walk in there and feel roses and cupcakes. And just like, yeah, that feels great. Just keep going. Keep twisted. Awesome. That feels wonderful. No, it requires healing takes work. Healing takes work. A lot of us punish the people around us because of our pain. So some people are paying for what they never did to you because you haven't worked out what's been done to you. Because you won't get off your mat. So people are paying for something they never did to you. Well, I can't trust them. I do that real bad. I just want you to know. Open book. Can't trust a soul. Josh was like, that's not healthy. I was like, I'll work on it. <laughs> Put it in the five to six conversation. <laughs> we'll talk about it. He's like, it's really not healthy. I was like, oh, it's hard. 
When you've been hurt the way I've hurt, been hurt, it's hard to walk up to people and be like, hi, let me tell you who I am. Let me show you who I am. Let me, I can put on a good game face. But I realized I was making a lot of people pay for something they never did to me because of something I never worked out of what was done to me. I might have been up walking, but I was still carrying that mat. Healing isn't easy. You can recover quickly or you can recover slowly. You can recover entirely or you can recover partially. That's up to you. The degree to which you're willing to embrace pain of recovery is to the degree to which you will recover. Are you willing to embrace the recovery? What is it? A long time ago, I, the Lord brought this back to me. Um, I did a message a long time ago called the owner of the stars wants your scars. And I felt like that going over and over in my heart over the week. See, scars are reminders. My daughter got into a pretty bad accident a couple weeks ago. And got about eight stitches. Actually a very scary moment for us. Um, but I, that's my timer to stop talking. I, um, she's starting to scar up on her knee. And it's a pretty nasty scar. And it just, it reminded me, I was looking at it the other day, that a lot of us see scars as a bad thing. You know, they're not always cute. They're not always beautiful. But we, but they're not always bad things. Because it's something that says we've overcome something. And the only way a scar is there is mean it's healed. They become reminders it can remind you about how far you've come. Your scars can give others hope that they will heal too. It can display proof of something. It can display proof that you're a child of God. See, even Jesus was known by his scars. How do you know how do I know that? I think it's in John twenty, where Peter and who they believed to be John went with him. Um, to the tomb. It was empty. So then Jesus met them outside. And it says he showed him his hands and his side. That's how they knew of who he was. So he showed him the scars of what who he was that this, to represent like, oh, that is Jesus. You don't think it's me? Look at this. Look at what I've been through. Look at that. Look at my side. That's where I was pierced. So scars aren't always a bad thing. It's the healing process that can get sketchy. It's the healing process of where you are. The pain of my, my mat, my issue, my problem, my wound, to the process of healing. Inside of our identity of who we are, what is it that you're living from? 
are you living from my issue, my label, my wound? Or am I living from a place to show you, no, I was there. But look at that. He called me something different. Look at that. He called me something different. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was Lindsay. That was Lindsay. That was hurt Lindsay. Nobody ever wanted to know why. That was hurt Lindsay. Projecting onto other people pain in the process because I hadn't worked out what was inside of me. That was Lindsay. And now I walk around hoping because I hurt a lot of people. In hurting a lot of people, that doesn't mean everybody's going to like you again. So in my hurting a lot of people, so I could live under that umbrella. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I don't know. But now I just hope, hey, I don't know everything. I don't talk the best. I don't know every scripture in the Bible. I can't quote nothing to save your life. I don't know about all that. But I know Jesus loves you. I don't know all the details and the hoops and hollers and what you need to do and all this. And sure, I think I've died to the 50,000 things you got to do to be good. Or to make, I'm dying to what makes a good church. It's hard. When you live in a world of churches, I don't say this about you, I'm saying my own struggles. When you go home and you're like, are we doing enough? Because your Instagram's full of people doing the most. And I'm happy for them. I really am. Sometimes I want to do the most. I like, I am the most. Like, I want to do it all. Like, let's go. And then I'm like, my schedule can't do that. <laughs> but you struggle and you cry and you're frustrated. And you don't know, am I saying enough? Am I doing enough? Am I enough? What is it? Will people do this or will people do that? And then it's like, no. Lindsay, just like Honor this morning, if five people come, which is a really pride killer. If five people come, I'm just going to be able to show them my scars. This is it. This is all I got. And I'm going to live from a place, from that position only. I can live from a place of what everybody has said about me. Or I can live from a place of remembering what he's called me. What he said about me. Am I going to make every decision right? No. Am I going to do everything right? No. I yelled at my kids at abundance of times last night. Listen, when my husband is out of town, he is the calm peace factor in our home most of the time. And then all of a sudden, hell breaks loose when he leaves. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, you're just like yelling. I'm like, hey, be quiet. Hey, be quiet. Hey, be quiet. Like, you're just, like, yelling, and, um, you know, he called about 11 o'clock last night. He's like, how did it go? I was like, it could have been better. <laughs> but they were fed and washed and put to bed. <laughs> like, could have been better. I'm not winning.
win any awards over here, guys. Okay. Like, it's like things happen. Things happen. Moments happen. You're going to make bad decisions. Things are going to happen. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to say something wrong to someone else. Those are going to be, those are going to happen. But the process of your life of what you see yourself and what he's called you is important to live out. So you do not live like a man that it was probably a couple of feet from a pool that supposedly would have healed them that I don't actually know ever would have. But even the thought process of if he would have just moved a couple of inches a year and fell into the pool, he could have seen. Maybe he would have. But he was waiting on something because he was so content, he forgot his name. He forgot who he was. He became the lame man by the pool. But that's not what he was made to be. But he became that. His thoughts became that. Whatever it is for you, whatever situation you're going through, and some in here is like that, resonates nothing with me. Great. Pray for your friend beside you that it does. In that process, whatever it is, remember your name. Because there is a lot of people sitting in a lot of churches that are a lot of church goers are just communicating about the person beside them by their issue. Oh, you know that guy back there on the back row that does that thing? You know, I saw him outside doing that thing, that other thing. Let's not be those people. Let's look through eyes, strong eyes of the loved one, of who he's called us to be. Let's look through eyes of sons and daughters and family that looks at each other that just doesn't see, yeah, you know what? Lindsay popped off at the mouth, but I see her as someone different. And I see her not because of a leadership, but I just see her as a daughter. And I see her as something different that, you know what? Everybody has bad days. Everybody goes through bad things. And then I get to sit and stand in a place where I begin to walk out, not just my issue, but I get to pick it up, get rid of it, and begin to walk out the pain of recovery and healing and understanding of what he said about me. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm his. I've told myself this multiple times here recently. I'm his best creation. I'm his best creation. No matter what I thought life would be like, I'm his best creation. There's not another person in the world that he could make like Lindsay. There's not another person in the world that he could make like Joelle or like Wes or like Kayla or like Ben. There's not another person in the world. And if we begin to walk out from that perspective, how much more can we accomplish things on earth? How much more does he love you? How much more does he want to be with you? How much more does he want to use you and use your story and your process? Let me tell you something, and I'll say it the rest of my life because it's something I'm living. Your story looks good on you. You don't have to change a chapter in it. 
Oh man, I wish I could get rid of that. That's not true. Come play for me. Somebody can play. Your story looks good on you. So every moment I want to take away and wash away and just wipe that out. Whoop. Just forget all that. I always, I think it's funny. If I ever wrote a book in my lifetime, it'd be a very interesting book. It would be. They'd be like, wow. And there are some things I just want to white out. But that wouldn't, I couldn't show you my scars. Can't, couldn't show you who I am. Couldn't show you. Say, no, I haven't made it to the end goal. But I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best. And I promise if you just take a little bit of certain things that we try to instill here, you can get there too. You can get there too. So anyways, today, Father, I just thank you for every person in the room that might still be carrying a mat. They might still be carrying a label. Maybe a label of being a bad mom or a bad dad or a bad daughter or a bad son. Father, we rip those things off today and we totally saturate them with truth. See, some things might be factual in the room. It might be factual that we've been divorced and that we've been an alcoholic and that we've come uh, done certain things. It might be factual that we haven't had the best marriage or we've not been able to live in a place of content. Like we, we, that all might be factual, but the truth is, is that we're his and we're his kids and we're his best creation and we're his best masterpiece. So Father, I just pray that this morning that every person in the room feels that way. Father, I thank you that they are just beginning to take off what maybe they've held on to from whether issues or labels that people have put on them and begin to put on the coat that you have put on for us to wear and how you've designed us to be, what you've created us to be, what our identity is in you, Father. Oh, it's beautiful beyond description. You're beautiful beyond description. Father, you're worthy this morning. I just want to sit here a minute. I don't usually do that.
As we leave today, Father, I just pray your grace and mercy over each one of us as we go. And as we settle in today, maybe we go home and just process and think through even some labels that have been put on us that we just begin to take off. Maybe we even set them out of things that people have said about us. And then we begin to just take those sticky notes off and say, nope, I'm not that. That's not what it, that I'm going to do what Jesus said. Nope, not created you to be that. Nope, you're not that. These things aren't you. You're smart. You're wise. You're strong. You're complete. You're all of these things. Father, we're thankful today for your presence in this place. I'm thankful for every person that came in the rain and the flooding and all the things today just to be here with us. So we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for coming with us today. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.